Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Big Ten, your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, welcome in everyone to Locked On Big Ten. I'm your host, Nate Dickinson. Coming up on today's show, we've got the Big Ten media preseason polls out and we're talking Big Ten West, the division that is wide open right now. Who could come out on top? Our show today is brought to you by our live NBA draft show here on Locked On. NBA draft coach Chad Ford, Locked On NBA draft host Rafael Barlow, and Locked On NBA draft host John Corrales will be live this year covering the NBA draft. It's Locked On NBA Draft 2021, brought to you by Built Bar. Get local expert analysis on each pick, followed Locked On NBA on YouTube today, and watch our live coverage on July 29th at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. We are joined here over this week here on the Locked On Big Ten co-hosts every weekday. Stevens made famous a while back. Andrew Wade of Locked On Hawkeyes is here joining us. Happy to have you here, Andrew. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, man. How are you doing, buddy? Doing good. Good. Good to have you here on the show again. I know you're a regular here with Ben, so people already know a little bit about you, and we don't have to get <laughs> into just like the specifics of uh, exactly all what you're about. But we'll, of course, get some of your takes just right here off the bat. Let's start with the news of the day. That Big Ten media poll released by Cleveland.com. If you don't know, the Big Ten doesn't do anything official at these media days. So Cleveland.com kind of puts together its own thing that's been, I suppose, just postered in as the benchmark for this poll. And they came out today and said Ohio State, a unanimous favorite to win the conference. That's not a surprise. But Andrew, I want to ask you, what are your initial reactions as you look up and down that list as to where the team stacked up in the East and the West and just what the media thought about the conference? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, Ohio State being number one is is a given, right? Until someone knocks them off their mantle, they're just going to continue to re, you know, rebuild and reload, just like an Alabama does, just like a Clemson does. That's Ohio State is in that tier of teams, and that's what we should be expecting every single year from Ohio State until someone can develop a program that can consistently compete with them. Um, Northwestern, I thought was a really interesting pick. Uh, I'm still trying to wrap my head around what is so good about Northwestern this year. And one thing you'll know, Nate, as we talk more is I somehow managed to piss off probably at least one fan base every time we talk. Um, Northwestern, at least their fan base is small. And there's not a lot of them, but uh, there's just, I don't understand what the hype is for Northwestern. They have, they're returning, I think 30% of their production this entire year. Um, what they did last year was very impressive. Uh, they won a lot of close games. They, you know, that, that is a mark of a good team, but they lost a lot of big time players. And, I just don't see it for this team. I don't know if it's the Pat Fitzgerald effect, the fact that he's here, so they're going to be good, you know, at least consistent every single year, but I just don't see it from Northwestern this year. Even third to me is a bit too high. Yeah, I want to talk about the Wildcats too. It's a team that I think got a little bit of a boost just because, again, they won that side of the Big Ten last season and we're in the Big Ten title game. But when you look at that 2019 season, that team was 3-9. and nine. I believe it was, I'll look back again at the stat, I'm pretty sure 3-9 and nine in 2019. If you look at just the year-to-year, year, when I'm talking about teams who like maybe were a little bit affected by the pandemic, yes or no, Indiana is someone we've talked about. Like Maybe how good are they? I think Indiana is actually a good team. 
I think maybe the pandemic helped them a little bit, but I think Indiana is legit good this season. I think Northwestern could be like the prime candidate for like, oh, it, it was a more pandemic kind of thing that helped them get to where they were at. Not that they didn't have the great season, but and I don't want to blame the pandemic either. And again, it's not just the pandemic. You mentioned so much of that production is gone. But when you talk about just the teams who may have been able to hide a bit behind that smokescreen of the 2020 season, I think Northwestern may be that prime candidate here in this conference to be exposed and have that curtain ripped out from behind him here in 2021. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more um, from a pandemic from a pandemic perspective. I mean, uh, and this is easy to say, coulda, shoulda, woulda, right? But Iowa was up 20 nothing in that game against Northwestern in the first quarter. Um, Brian Ferentz, uh, he has some amazing games. He does a phenomenal job of calling some games. Like USC in the Holiday Bowl, uh, what he was pulling out of his butt was amazing. Against Northwestern, it was also the Jekyll and Hyde effect of Brian Ferentz, where all of a sudden they can't run the ball consistently because Northwestern was like, you know what, we're going to stop the run. We're going to force Spencer Petras to throw. And they play, Iowa played right into their hand and let Spencer Petras throw, I want to say, 49 times in that game. Um, Iowa is almost never going to be successful throwing the ball 49 times, especially when they have a quarterback named Spencer Petras who was – Arguably one of the worst quarterbacks I've seen play for Iowa in the last 20 years. Um, that is not an ideal way to play that game. If you run the ball a little bit more consistently in that, maybe just mix it up a bit from a running game perspective. Iowa wins that game, and we're talking about a whole different season. Iowa wins the Big Ten West. Northwestern doesn't. Maybe they don't get the hype. Now, again, coulda, shoulda, woulda. Congratulations to Northwestern. There was a stat that just came out um, about – Northwestern's win-loss game or win-loss record in one-score games, and they—I think there's something ridiculous like 11 and two. Um, when you can close out those games, uh, that's the mark of a really tough team. And um, anytime you can win those close games, you're going to be competitive, especially when you have a game or a game plan that's relying on running the ball and playing defense. But I just don't see it, man. I just don't see it in this conference. I think Wisconsin and Iowa are too good. I think Purdue has some offensive explosive power. I think Minnesota is going to be a team that is going to keep teams on their toes, but I don't believe they're going to be strong. Nebraska, I hate Nebraska, but I do want to believe that Scott Frost might actually turn the corner. So I just, the Big Ten West is pretty tough from top to bottom, and I don't think Northwestern is going to be able to play their slow defensive game and, and be able to close out games. Hey, Nate Dickinson here with Locked On Big Ten. BetOnline.ag is the place to go for any of your online sportsbook needs. The baseball season is back underway. The NBA Finals are wrapping up. And of course, I know you're already looking at some of those football futures for the fall as well. Whatever your need may be, as far as sports betting goes, BetOnline.ag can help you make your money. Head on over to BetOnline.ag right now for all the best lines, all the news you need to make sure you're up to date before you put those bets in, and we'll get you some free money to start out with, too. If you go to BetOnline.ag right now and use our promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's 50% on top of whatever you put into your account that first time you put money in, just add it on for free. Thanks to the people over at BetOnline. It's BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. So on the one side of things, we have a wide open conference here, Andrew, with really anything can happen up and down the conference. But on the other side, we have that Ohio State thing that, of course, has been tough to beat in the past, well, four or five years in any point. But just outside of that, there's some weird shifting going on in just the way that this conference is aligning and stuff that we talked about before we started recording. I don't think is really surprising, 
like having an Indiana over Michigan given the rosters this season. But when you just think about having Indiana over Michigan in football, that's not something people usually are talking about. And the Hoosiers are a team that's making some noise right now after the upset of Penn State last year. Michael Penix Jr. is thought of as could be the best quarterback in this conference if he lives up to the expectations. So there's a whole lot of optimism in Bloomington. And meanwhile, you have like a fourth place finish in the Big Ten over in Ann Arbor would be a disaster, or the Big Ten East, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, when I look at Indiana, I think it all comes down to Michael Penix Jr. If he can return healthy, this team is going to be very good. Their defense last year was very strong at forcing turnovers. They returned a significant amount of people back, including multiple All-Americans on the defensive side of the ball. Um, They have Ty Freifogel. I mean, this team is is basically the opposite of Northwestern, a team that I thought uh, exceeded expectations last year, but returns all those players to continue building on that program. So very exciting stuff from Indiana. Uh, they have a very tough matchup, though. Uh, I know about this because they're playing Iowa that very first week, and that's going to be a very interesting matchup with Michael Penix Jr. coming back from the injury, and you get a locked and loaded Kinnick Stadium and ask any Ohio State Buckeye fan about Kinnick Stadium, and they're not going to like it because Kinnick Stadium is a very tough place to play. So that's going to be a tough place to start off the season with. But as we talked about earlier, Ohio State's the team to be here, um, and I don't see any team getting close to Ohio State. Penn State, to me, was a very interesting team from last year. Um, they struggled early in the you know in the season. I feel like that was a very pandemic-related type of struggle when you look at teams that shouldn't have struggled. Michigan, I understand. Penn State didn't make a lot of sense how they were losing those games. They turned the corner towards the end of the season, started figuring things out. Um, When you look at their actual – so Pick 6 Previews does a fantastic job of kind of breaking down non-win losses and whether or not a team is actually strong or not. And they actually had Penn State, I believe, top 30 from last year. So um, most teams look at Penn State and say, wow, they were terrible. Uh, They looked at Penn State and said, they probably should have won more games. They probably shouldn't have been – I believe it was four – Five maybe was their the record last season. So um, definitely interesting. Penn State is going to be back up in that top tier conversation, but Indiana is right there. And obviously we're changing in the guards. Michigan and Michigan State, they're down. And I don't think there's a chance they move up this year. So that'll be – it's going to be a fun Big Ten East if you just forget about the fact that Ohio State's guaranteed to win out the conference more than likely and win the Big Ten title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you just forget about the fact that none of it really matters, it starts to get kind of interesting. Um <laughs> As we get into the offensive and defensive individual awards, uh, votes also cast for player of the year on both sides. We had Ohio State's Chris Olave win that side of things. But uh, also, as we mentioned, Michael Penix Jr. was the top voted for quarterback out there. Graham Mertz of Wisconsin was number three. And I'm spacing out on who the number two guy would have been. You can help me here because it, uh, it's yeah, probably obvious up. that I'm spacing. Uh, well, I mean, I it's, it's who's the, who would be the number two? Oh, it's um, CJ Stroud. CJ Stroud. Was that would make sense. Yeah. The Hostage quarterback. Sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So those are the top three right now. Those were kind of the top three before this media poll came out that people were talking about being the guys who could break out. And we talked a lot about this with Kevin McGuire yesterday. So I don't want to get too much into the quarterback talk, but we did have those votes come out in the media support, kind of what we discussed that Pettix Jr. has the biggest potential here to be that kind of breakout guy. But of course, CJ Stroud is going to make a name for himself just being on that Ohio State stage. And Graham Mertz has already made himself a name for himself outside of just the logo. And that's my 
second straight day making that joke so i'll stop <laughs> the Graham Mertz logo is i don't think it's very good um but Graham Mertz is going to be a fun quarterback to watch the next couple of years uh, depending on how long he stays at wisconsin i think michael Penix jr um you know should be the one with the most hype coming into the season but cj stroud uh barring something unforeseen will be the best quarterback in this conference ohio state does a phenomenal job of developing quarterbacks and they have so many weapons and the way they run their offense just goes very well into making that quarterback look good. I mean, the fact that CJ Stroud has um, high Heisman uh, odds as well is a, you know, is a clear indication that people are expecting a lot from him. When you look at his, you know, his group or his offensive skill position players, he has two wide receivers who are considered two of the top three in the entire big 10. David Bell could probably be up in that top three list, but you have Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave for a first year starting quarterback. Um, that's pretty darn solid for CJ Stroud. I would be shocked if anyone but CJ Stroud is the you know first team all big 10 quarterback and possibly the offensive player of the year. I do want to give a quick mention. We got a center as the fourth yes. best player. It's Tyler Linderbaum. Obviously, um, anyone who's listened to the show knows I'm going to kind of be a homer on the Hawks, but Tyler Linderbaum, not often you get a center getting some love there. Honestly, if he finishes top 10 in that voting, I'll be happy at the end of the right. season, but CJ Stroud is definitely the guy to look out for. Yeah, just some other uh, non-quarterbacks on that list. Labe, of course, got the first place spot. Mo Ibrahim of Minnesota in the number three place. You mentioned Linderbaum, number four. And then you had Garrett Wilson, five. David Bell of Purdue, number six. Then you get C.J. Stroud at number seven again. So a whole lot of electric players in the Big Ten. Mo Ibrahim's going to have a whole lot of opportunities in Minnesota to put up even bigger numbers than what he did last season. I'm excited to see what he can do with that team, especially with that offensive line that they're going to be able to put up there. But just with everything out there with the Big Ten right now, I guess the question remains, can anybody beat Ohio State? Because, again, we've talked about how much better Ohio State is than everybody else. But that's part of the beauty of this college football thing is that if you can beat that team in the one given day, you can put yourself in the spot to be able to go forward. So can anyone beat Ohio State? Can anyone beat Ohio State and then also not mess it up elsewhere in the conference so that it doesn't matter? I think that's the problem. Maybe a team could beat Ohio State, but I don't think a team could survive the other piece of you know the other piece of their schedule, and I would look at Ohio State's schedule. Um, they're at Minnesota. You know Minnesota is going to be an all right team, but I don't think they can compete with Ohio State. Getting Oregon at home, fantastic. At Rutgers, not a concern. At Indiana, that'll be a very interesting one. Followed by Penn State. Um, if there's a slip up happening, I think it could be in that two areas. But they're getting at Indiana after a bye week, which is never idea ideal for Indiana. At Nebraska, Purdue, Michigan State, at Michigan. That's not a very daunting schedule when I look at it, right? I would argue probably their toughest game is is at Indiana, mm -hmm. right? And then they get Penn State at home. Uh, I mean, the way the the way I will say this: the thing I hate the most about the, and I love the Big Ten except for our commissioner. Um, <laughs> I will say the scheduling I think is ridiculous. The fact that we have Ohio State and they don't have Iowa, they don't have Wisconsin on their schedule. Uh, heck, they don't even have Northwestern. I mean, the way this, the way the Big Ten is doing their scheduling, I just Iowa hasn't played Ohio State in like four or five years. Granted, I'm not you know bummed about that, right? I don't want, I don't really like that game. I Iowa last time they won, they won big time, and that's awesome. I love the fact that I continue bragging about that, but um, it's ridiculous that the Big Ten doesn't have 
any of those teams on that schedule. It's a relatively easy schedule for Ohio State to make their way to the Big Ten championship game again, which is good for the good for the conference, but still just kind of annoying from an outsider's perspective. Right. Yeah, it could definitely be a lot more interesting games to be able to see. And again, on that side of the conference, we get electric games all the time. You get the Iowas and the Wisconsins and everybody playing each other on that side. And then Ohio State, maybe it'd be different. It would be if Ohio State was on that end, everybody else would just be losing to Ohio State too. But again, that's the team to beat. And I don't think anybody is arguing that Ohio State is going to be able to run through mostly everybody. It'll just be a matter of can they slip up? Can a team step up if they do get past and not make their own slip up somewhere else? It's hard, this college football thing. But, you know, it's still fun to watch. Again, I'd say Minnesota would be a tougher matchup if it wasn't the start of the season, maybe. If mm-hmm. Minnesota had some more time to grow, if that was near the end of the year, the Gophers might be a little bit of a better team and a tougher matchup. But that first week of the year, that's a tough spot for Minnesota to have to Again, be at home, but have to face off against a team that you just know is already going to be in the place where Minnesota is trying to get to. So that's a little bit tough matchup for them. But I agree with where you had it. If that Indiana-Penn State couple of weeks, there could be some sort of trip up. Maybe that's the spot where Ohio State could find. But again, the Buckeyes know that too. They are able to see the schedule as well. So they're going to be ready for those two games also. Well, locked on big Locked on Big Ten continues here with Andrew Wade on a Wednesday. I'm Nate Dickinson. We're going to be right back here on the show here to wrap things up. Hey, Nate Dickinson here with Locked on Big Ten, here to tell you a little bit more about Built Bar, helping you get the show here today. Built Bar is the place to go for all of your protein needs. They have more than 15 grams of protein per bar with less than 5 net grams of carbs and 5 grams of sugars as well. It's all the healthy stuff you want without any of that unwanted filler, but great flavor too. Built Bar has 100% chocolate in every single bar, and these things taste outstanding. People are loving the new grasshopper flavor. It's supposed to be a little bit of a play on the mint brownie Girl Scout cookies that people like so much. So you can go and try that or any other flavor out right now at BuiltBar.com and save some money by using our promo code LOCKED15. That's LOCKED15 for 15% off your first order at BuiltBar.com. Built Bar, the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. So you know these guys are legit. That's Built Bar helping you get the show here today. And we thank you, Built Bar. Back here on Locked On Big Ten, joined by Andrew Wade, our co-host on Wednesdays. I'm Nate Dickinson. We're talking about Big Ten Media Days, as we have with everyone who's joined us here this week. Media Days start up tomorrow. RJ Stevens will be there, and we'll talk to him about it on Monday. But we're asking everybody about what they want to hear during this time, that they're going to be able to hear from some of the best personalities around the Big Ten and some of these coaches, and also some of the biggest stars on the field as well, as each school brings in players to talk to the press. Andrew, again, in from Locked On Hawkeyes, which, of course, you can hear every single day as you do every Locked On podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Andrew, who are you looking most forward to hearing from during this couple of days when you're going to be able to pick into the brains of the minds in the Big Ten? Well, I think with name image likeness being such a big focal point right now, um, you hear from 
you know, the Nick Sabans of the world and some of the insane numbers that are being thrown out there for some of the name image likeness deals. Uh, I think I instantly gravitate towards Ohio State, the team that is going to probably get the most name image likeness, the highest deals for name image likeness. I would love to get their perspective, Ryan Day's perspective on um, what his players are doing and how they're coaching their players up. That's probably my big Thing is, and I think that's going to be a big question mark coming into this with name image likeness um, and, you know, what Ohio State and some of the other teams are doing. But one area I do kind of want to look at is Pat Fitzgerald. And I, I've hammered on Northwestern a lot in this show, but recruiting wise and recruiting is obviously a big focal point for me, especially given the fact that Iowa has uh, arguably struggled. For the class of 2022, I think they're the worst team in the Big Ten at this point, which is never where you want to be at. But Northwestern's doing pretty well in the midst of a very interesting uh, recruiting period. They are ranked 22nd nationally. Um, they have a couple top 500 players. They're ranked fifth in the Big Ten. I would like to know, what is Northwestern doing and how are they getting such a top-level recruiting class, especially in the midst of a time where a lot of people haven't had a lot of tape? There haven't been a lot of camps. There haven't been a lot of official visits uh, until this past like two months. So I'm curious in Pat Fitzgerald, what is he doing down there or over there in Evanston to uh, get people to want to go to Northwestern, a, a typically uh, non-traditional uh, power recruiting school? The recruiting side of things always interests me. As far as that name, image, and likeness stuff, Ohio State's obviously going to be the biggest player, but I want to hear from like the coaches of those big time name schools like of course you got michigan we have nebraska football we have really everyone along that east side coast iowa wisconsin minnesota huge huge fan bases that are going to be able to use that as an extra recruiting tool now throughout the big 10 so are coaches gonna be pushing that in the recruiting side of things to try and get an advantage are they going to be even willing to talk about it yet are they comfortable with this at all yet even though it's all legal now i i would imagine that like maybe even this first time the coaches are going to be maybe even pushing back on some of this stuff i mean like the nick saban mindset i guess of it if you would call it maybe but it's got to be at some point something coaches are going to have to acknowledge like Hey, Big Ten football schools have kind of a huge advantage of having such huge fan bases, SEC-sized fan bases out here for players to make money off of. And at some point, the coaches are going to have to start using that muscle just because everyone else is going to. I'm interested to hear, if people start asking about it, how much are the coaches going to be willing to say with those schools that could really use the recruiting benefit right now? Yeah, it's, it's honestly adapt or die. So for Iowa... And so if you look at like Iowa and Ohio State, right? Ohio State has that national market. Um, if you go to Ohio State, you have the ability to be on a national scale. If you go to a lot of these Big Ten teams, you may not have that national exposure, but you have the ability to make a difference at a school that has a very passionate fan base. So maybe it's a little bit more localized. You look at Wisconsin and some of the deals they're coming out with. Wisconsin's a state that supports that football team, you know, head over heels, uh, it annoyed the heck out of me when I was in Madison, but I got to love the, the fan support there. Uh, Minnesota support is seemingly getting better. Uh, you know, when Minnesota football isn't doing well, you don't have a lot of people talking about Minnesota football. But um, with P.J. Fleck there, he's really turned around that program and, and gotten that program to a point now where people are talking about them on a consistent basis. I think Minnesota might struggle with this a little bit just because of the proximity of pro teams to them. But the Nebraskas, the Iowas, and the Wisconsins are going to be huge players in this from a Big Ten West perspective. Um, the Minnesotas, the Illinois, 
the Northwesterns and Purdue's, those are teams that I'm very curious about. How do they handle the name image likeness on a smaller scale when they're competing against other Big Ten West teams, but they have pro teams they're competing against too. You know, why go get a college player when you can go get a pro player? Um, it, so I think that is just, there's a lot of caveats to this and it's going to be really interesting to see how it all plays out. And on the East side, you got those blue bloods, you got Penn state, Ohio state. I don't know if you count Ohio state as a blue blood, but now they're, you know, definitely up there. Yeah. Um, but Michigan and Penn state and even Michigan state, I mean, th- there's some passionate fan bases there that I could, I would argue rival even the, the, the pro teams fan bases. No one cares right. about the Detroit lions as much as they care about Michigan football or Michigan state football. Don't mean to offend anyone in those states that they love Detroit Lion football, but I feel like Michigan and Michigan State fan bases are more passionate than some of those Detroit Lion fan bases. Right. I mean, it's it's a local sport. College sports are local. There are very few organizations, schools that can be what Ohio State is as far as being a national brand out there. Most of these schools make their meat of the money in the state that they're in or just the community that they're in. And the players are going to be the same way with this name, image, and likeness deal. So the bigger that community is, the more pull it's going to have. In a way, it's kind of the same way. It's always worked with recruiting in that respect, but it's now coming out in the dollars for these guys. And we're going to be able to see the material, actual dividends of what all this is going to end up meaning. And I think as a whole, it's going to end up benefiting the Big Ten. It's going to benefit all the schools where players can make money, all the big schools. But I think in the range of the Power Five conferences even, the Big Ten could be one of the better benefactors of what all this is going to end up resulting to whatever it is way, way down the road too. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. I would probably say Big Ten is probably second. Um, I think the ACC is actually kind of hurts themselves because of how good they are at basketball. Uh, that basketball, I mean, when we're just talking purely football, I think the ACC is not going to be at that level. You want the Clemson, but they're also, the schools are so compacted in those regions as well. I mean, you have several teams and just the Carolinas alone, I believe there might be five ACC teams or six ACC teams in in the Carolinas itself. I mean, you look at Iowa, you got one team. Nebraska, you got one team. Wisconsin, you got one team. So um, that also is something to factor in as well. I think Big Ten's probably second, SEC one, maybe Big 12, three just because of those those fan bases there's, there's some passionate freaking fans in texas and oklahoma um and then probably the acc and then you know sorry pac 12 but you just don't get a lot of love god you, you lost me for the last moment there i got to thinking duke north carolina nc state wake forest and that's how, that's what i had in the time until you finished well i don't know yeah. six yeah duke north carolina nc state wake forest clemson's in the carolinas Clemson's right? in South Carolina. Yes, that's five. Duke, and I, I don't know if what, State, the, what the other South Carolina would be. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to look them up while you talk. <laughs> all right, that's fine. Andrew Wade and all this kind of great content is here every single Wednesday on Locked On Big Ten. I'm your host, Nate Dickinson. We're going to have a new co-host in here every single day of the week. Again, Stevens is still in on a Monday. Jay Stevens, that is. And on Wednesdays, we still have our way to Wednesdays. You've heard from Kevin McGuire on Tuesday. A new co-host coming in tomorrow as well. You can follow Andrew. It's at Wade underscore Andrew on Twitter. Of course, Locked on Hawkeyes is on every single day of the week to keep you updated on everything going on with the Iowa Hawkeyes community. So if you listen to us and you're an Iowa fan, go ahead and give him a listen to. It's a fun time. And of course, you can get active with him on social media as well. And 
of course, stay up to date on everything going on with the Hawkeyes. It's what we do here at Locked On. Just make sure that you're always in the loop on everything going on every single day. Andrew, am I missing anything before we go other than those two schools or that one school we have left to get about how people uh, can get it? It is just five. It is just five. I looked okay. it up. I kind of swore there was a six school, but yeah, no, it's just five. Uh, but no, man, it's been All a pleasure right. as always. Uh, and yeah, definitely always, always down to interact with fans, uh, even the ones who hate me because I hate on their fan bases. One of the hotter person as far as the takes go in the Locked On Big Ten <laughs> network out there, Andrew Wade. You can hear him on Locked On Hawkeyes every day and here on Locked On Big Ten every Wednesday. We'll be back tomorrow with another episode, of course, as we do every single weekday with everything here on the Big Ten. This has been Locked On Big Ten. For Andrew Wade, I'm Nate Dickinson.